welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with us, your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. So today we are discussing training tools and ways that we can work towards destigmatizing these tools and their use in the dog community. So we're going to start today by exploring what we mean when we say training tools, explore some examples, and maybe why or when they might be appropriately used. So let's dive right in. Ken's, what's our first example of a training tool? First up is a muzzle. So I'm sure we all know what a muzzle is for a dog. Um, and there are a bunch of different reasons why a muzzle can or should be used. Firstly is the safety for other dogs and humans. So this is without saying there are some dogs out there that just are either fearful, have, you know, um, reactions to certain situations and can put other dogs and or people at risk. So when you see a dog wearing a muzzle, um, that's usually, you know, uh, well, that is a very, very responsible dog owner that knows that, hey, maybe my dog just could at some point react in a negative way. And I'm going to stop that by having them wear a properly fitted safety device, aka a muzzle. Um, and the nice thing about a muzzle is just because you see a dog in a muzzle doesn't mean they have a bite history. They actually might be using it as a preventative tool. And muzzles can be a really great way for dogs that otherwise maybe wouldn't be able to participate in certain things, like let's say a pack walk. Um, but with the use of a basket muzzle can do that activity very comfortably and very safely and still have a super enriching life, which is amazing. Um, a couple of other reasons you might see the use of a muzzle, obviously when we're dealing with true aggression, um, if a dog has a bite history, they're the first thing any trainer or vet's probably going to recommend is muzzle training. Um, some people use muzzles when they go to the vet or when they go to the groomer, because if your dog gets stressed when they're being handled, um, there's definitely many, many, many dog owners that use a muzzle for this. You see this a lot with either pain or fear um, with dogs that will react with biting. And again, this could be the nicest, sweetest dog on the planet. But if the dog's in pain and doesn't know how else to react, then it's like us humans, like when we get touched when places were hurt, we're like, ow, don't touch that. That hurts. <laughs> dogs don't have the ability to say that. So guess what they're going to do? They're going to possibly turn around and maybe try and bite. Um, pain, pain, when your dog is in pain, they are often a different dog. So having them muzzle trained just from a first aid perspective can be so helpful. I can't imagine having to handle Marshall if he like broke his leg or did something really bad like that. There's no way he would let me handle him. Yeah. Um, so having him muzzle trained would allow me to do that safely and administer first aid or get him to the vet. Yep. And same with groomer visits. Like it's a fear thing. Some dogs do not like to be handled by a, a stranger sometimes. So uh, yeah, just having that um, tool available to groomers to to use is very important or else a lot of dogs out there wouldn't have their nails cut ever. 
So um, that's a few examples. Um, one of the reasons that I use a muzzle is for dog sports. So uh, you'll see this a lot in, well, it's actually a requirement in lure coursing. So the dogs do require, um, especially in straight racing, to have a fitted basket muzzle on. Um, and this is so that, A, the dogs don't hurt themselves or each other because they get really, really excited. They are, sometimes are running with multiple other dogs. And at the end of the line, so when the, when the lure has reached the end, the dogs get really excited and instead of attacking a fake thing um so they're protecting themselves from attacking this fake piece of fur they're also uh saving themselves from attacking each other because again it's like pack mentality to get really really wild up and uh that is a reason um that that is a requirement so um yeah my dogs know how to wear a muzzle just for that specific reason and my yeah that's it there's i see absolutely nothing wrong with that they love chasing fake bunnies. Yeah. The other reason as well for muzzles is, um, anti-scavenging. So wildlife scavenging and food scavenging. So if that's something that your dog engages in, a muzzle can be like, you have to buy a specific muzzle for this, but that can be a way to keep them safe if they're, um, if they go on off leash hikes and if they're prone to getting into things, um, this can be a way to prevent them from ingesting something they shouldn't ingest. Um, but let's move on. Lots of other tools. So there are loads of tools that are used essentially for communication. So you're communicating with your dog and often to prevent pulling on walks. So these may be like a slip lead. So those are the ones you see around the nose, halties, harnesses, um, prong collars. Those are all used as communication tools in some way and can prevent pulling when on walks. Another tool is a martingale. Often these are used for safety reasons. So with a flat collar, it can be very easy for your dog to just slip right out of that flat collar. And now you have an off-leash dog with no collar and likely no tags. That's not ideal. A martingale, because it tightens when the dog pulls, um, basically it becomes an anti-slip mechanism so that they can't get out of it. So most rescues normally won't let dogs go home if they're not in a martingale um, to avoid a dog running away and going missing. Yeah, really great tool. My dogs always are on a martingale. Um, One other one that's really common and gets a lot of stigma is the e-collar. Um, a lot of people will call these shock collars. Um, there are bark specific e-collars. Um, this ultimately is a communication tool. You see people using this often for off-leash work. Um, and it often provides an opportunity for you to communicate with your dog at a distance. So if you are doing off-leash and if your dog sees a really exciting animal, um, you can kind of interrupt their train of thought using the e-collar, um, which in most cases can be much more effective than recall if they are properly conditioned. That said, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, air quotes, shock collars, e-collars come in many different qualities um, and they are not equal. So a $20 Amazon shock collar that has one level is probably not appropriate and likely could cause harm to your dog. Um, A proper e-collar that is recommended by a trainer and has a hundred levels is going to be a very different experience for your dog. And keep in mind, it's also like yelling, Hey, at your dog at different levels. So you can yell, Hey, at a very calm, low level, i.e. like a lower setting or yell, Hey, really, really loud on setting 100. It's just that thought of, uh, breaking that, that, 
that thought that is in your dog's head. So i.e. running at a squirrel and they're halfway, you know, at getting the squirrel and you hit the button, it says, hey, stop. <laughs> and that's what a shock or e-collar is supposed to do. It's not supposed to hurt the dog. It, it If anything, it just, it just gives them a little wake up call. That is all. Yeah. And on the working level that like, so Mar- Marshall and I have been working on condition. He's not fully conditioned to the e-collar yet, but we've done some work with it. His working level is a five out of a hundred, a four or a five. And when I put the e-collar on my forearm and I put it on four or five, I don't even feel it. Um, which is wild. I have to crank it up to like at least a 10 or an 11. And then you just feel like the slightest little tingle. It is, it's honestly just like a, a very weird stimulation sensation. It's not painful. Um, I don't know what a hundred feels like. I have not done that, but I don't intend to ever use a hundred on Marshall. So, um, yeah, just a note about quality, but the last tool, which I think a lot of us don't think of as a tool is a crate. Yeah. So a crate is number one for safety. Um, so when I'm going to just use an example really quick. I watched in the last week, I've watched three different dogs and two of them were crate trained and the two that were crate trained, I could comfortably put in their home that they knew and felt comfortable in walk away from my home, do my grocery shopping or whatever I need to do, come home and know that those two dogs are safe and comfortable in where they need to be. Um, dog three didn't have that. So I didn't feel comfortable leaving that dog home alone. Um, he was also young, but it, it, you never know. They could, that's not their home. They could find somewhere to, you know, get into, eat something inappropriate, even for my, like for my, for myself, poop somewhere, like whatever it might be. Um, it just keeps them safe. Um, and it gives us peace of mind and they know that they're safe being in their own little home. Um, another thing is this also does, which is really fantastic is set boundaries and structure. So if you have a dog that, um, you know, doesn't necessarily know off switch, what is appropriate. Yeah. An off switch. Yeah. I was just going to say what is appropriate or what is, what is, um, so I E a dog who, uh, decides like I am going to go at a hundred all day, every day. Um, the crate is just a really great spot to be like, Hey, calm. This yeah. is your calm spot. Rest decompress. Um, it can be such a great tool for that, but Overall, a lot of these tools that we've talked about today, you might have heard of them as referred to as aversives. Um, These are often banned from discussion in any like R plus positive reinforcement or force free communities. Um, Many of those folks, unfortunately, aren't even open to a discussion about these tools. Um, It's just like a hard no. Um, But yeah, we've discussed a few of the training tools seen in the dog community and given you an idea of what appropriate uses for them could look like. But we're going to take a quick break and we're going to return with a discussion on why these tools get such a bad reputation and um, how they really could hold some space and help out the dog community. We'll be right back. 